Father, I thank you for today and just for the freedom that we have in this country to meet together, God. And I lift up those that don't have that freedom, Father, that you would strengthen them this day, Father, and that your word would continue to go forth. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for the work that you do in our lives, for the comfort and the guidance and the conviction, and that we would continue to be open to the work in our lives that you bring. And Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice and that because you rose again from the dead that you have defeated sin and death and that we do not have to live as captives. In Jesus' name, amen.
You've called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. Thank you, Father, that you are our foundation. If we are your followers, those who have called upon your name, who are saved, for those who aren't, I pray that today their eyes would be open, their ears would be open, that God, that you would be pleased to reveal yourself to them through your son Jesus, that this day would be the day of salvation. We thank you for your eternal word, Father, that the hope that we have in Christ, we thank you, Father, that the hope in Christ would never disappoint us. I pray, God, that as we open your word, Father, that we would have ears to hear, our hearts would be of good soil to receive, that our lives, O oh God, will produce fruit, that we would live, Father, upright in a crooked and perverse generation, that we would be about our Father's business and no longer our own. O oh God, that we would be effective laborers in your harvest, Lord. And we thank you for this, Father. May it be for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is just not a lot of talk, but it's living by God's power. Not a lot of talk. It's just not a religious life. A life based on rules and, 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 and laws and religion. But a life solely impacted by truth, by the Spirit of God. Christians, for those who are Christians, are those who have called upon the name of the Lord Jesus, and we've been talking about this for a while now. The, the Bible talks about Christians. And how do you become a Christian? It's not by your works, it's all by the works of Christ. It's through His death. It's, it's through His resurrection. It's through His ascension. It's through the understanding of the fullness of the gospel. The Bible says that you must confess and believe. Believe in your heart that He is the Son of God and confess with your mouth that He rose from the dead. Then you are saved. And it's in that confession, it's in that belief that you are born again of a new nature. No longer a slave to sin, but now you're a slave to righteousness. Your life is not about you any longer. Your life is about Jesus. Your life is about Jesus. You represent Jesus. You don't represent yourself anymore. You're dead to self. You've been made alive in Christ. It's a new way of living. We all know this one fact to be true. We're all dying. There is a day that will come when you will take your last breath. But the good news of Christ is that death no longer has power over those who believe. Amen. Like we all were created for eternity. And we will live in eternity with God or apart from God. And I've encouraged you throughout the years, our flesh only knows how to do one thing, and that's to die. 
That's all it knows. That's all it craves. That's all it wants. It's about me, myself, and I. And we're living in a generation and we'll continue to live in a generation until Christ returns that is growing more selfish, more self-centered, living off of their desires, craving the filthy things, the temporal things of this world. But I keep encouraging us, we were not created for the temporalness of this life. No, we were created for the eternal life. And that life can only be found in Jesus. There's no other way, no matter how man wants to spin it or what man wants to conceive. There's only one way. And Jesus himself said, I am the only way. (laughs) It is through me. But do we believe that? Do we really stand firm on our belief and our confession? You see, the good news of of the Christian life is that we're not left just trying to figure it out. We're not left trying to do it on our own. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and it's a day that the church recognizes the Holy Spirit, though He should be recognized every day of our lives, but it's a day set aside to remember the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He empowered the church to live this new life. And the same Holy Spirit that was poured out then is the same Holy Spirit we receive when we call upon the name of Jesus and are saved. That same power is given to us to live a new life. God in us. God in us, you all, to live a new life. Not to be enslaved to the old life. Not to be driven by the old desires. No, but to live a new life. There's a new craving. There's a new hunger for that which is right. But we also know that the Bible says in Galatians that the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other within us. And I encourage you all, what you feed breeds, what you starve dies. You have a right to choose to live out of your flesh. But if your eyes have been opened to what truth is and who truth is, why would you choose that? Why would you continue to go back to the very things that are set out to destroy you? When life himself is within you, who is beckoning you to come his way. He's beckoning you to turn from sin and to turn to Him. To turn to freedom. Like freedom, you all. No longer a slave to sin. No longer a slave to self. No longer the slave to temporal desires. But you have the power within to say no. That Jesus Himself conquered the grave. He defeated sin and death. This is the good news of the gospel. And this is what we have to share with others. I mean, just look at the world and I keep encouraging you all. Look around you. See the way the world is going. It's going as it's been predicted. It's going the way that Scripture tells us it is going to go. There's no other way around Scripture. And I keep encouraging you all. There's no other book in history. There's nothing that compares to the living Word of God. Everything that has been written in it has come to pass, and it's coming to pass, and it will come to pass the day the Lord Jesus returns and calls His children to Himself. 
And I keep telling y'all, He is a just God. He is a fair God. There is no blame that we can put on Him. Though we like to, though we like to blame Him for everything, though we like to, to point our fingers at Him, but the problem is not God, the problem is us. The problem is sin. But God sent His one and only Son into the world to free mankind from the very problem that is tainted mankind, stripping mankind down, enslaving mankind. So as people are parading around, however they're choosing to live, however they're, whatever their desires are, however they want to be, and they think that in a way <laughs> that they have what they want, in the end they have nothing. I keep telling you all, you all, you have a right to be and do what, however you want to be and do. But you must understand by you doing that, you're choosing to say there is no God. We don't add Jesus to our lives, you all. I know people like to do that. I can live wherever I want and slap Jesus on my life. Oh, I believe, I believe. No, your belief in Christ, your confession that he rose from the dead is a declaration to the wickedness, to the spiritual realm that we've been talking about. It is a declaration that it has no hold on you any longer. And it's a declaration to yourself, you have no hold on you any longer. That you are born again of a new nature. This is the hope that we have in Christ. To know that we don't have to be enslaved to our past, to our hurts, to our desires, to our wants, to anything else that labeled us back here. But the newness of life that we can live. And we can look at the generation that we are in. And we can look at the generation that's coming up. And we ought to be compelled to go forth and to declare truth. Because out of love... Out of love we go. Not to beat them down, not to, not to harm them, but to tell them there is a way. There is a way, and His name is Jesus. There is a way to truth and to life. Amen. Isn't it crazy, you all, that the way to life, the, 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 Jesus Himself, God Himself, people turn from and they say no I'd rather go my way God if we don't wake up and see like the Bible is very clear there are spiritual forces working against you there are spiritual forces working against the church there are spiritual forces working against your family there are spiritual forces working against your neighbors. There are spiritual forces working. But greater is he that is in a Christian than he that is in this world. Amen. We can get up with the assurance that our God is for us. He's not against us. And we can get up with the assurance that no matter what our circumstances are, we win. I posted uh, a commentary or a news report today, this morning. Christians in Nigeria were heading home from service. And they were sprayed down, shot up, dead. I told you last week of churches that returned to their church that was 
burned down the week before. They, 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 the week before, their pastor and the leadership was pulled out in front of the congregation and slaughtered. They could have chosen to be bound by fear and to stay home. But no, they went back to the very place to worship their God. And this is happening to Christians all throughout the earth. I keep telling you all, the, the, the slaughtering of Christians that are happening is happening on this earth and will continue to happen on this earth is at an all-time level than ever before. And now even in our own nation, you just wanting to live a righteous life, you just wanting to live a moral life, you just wanting to worship Jesus, oh, you're looked at as crazy. You, you are going to be silenced because people don't want to hear that anymore. And if you know, if you're, if you're studying, if you're a disciple of Christ and you're studying in Scripture, you know it's only going to get worse. It's going to get darker. And I keep telling you, but the good news is that the church is still on this earth and powered by the Holy Spirit. As long as the church is on this earth, there's still good news for the lost. There's still good news. And we have to get up every single day being about our Father's business. Not relying on our temporal circumstances or our little temporal insecurities or desires. No, but growing and relying on the dependence of the Holy Spirit to empower us to get up. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're challenged by, or what has happened to us, that God, you're for us, you're not against us. Can you claim that with the assurance today that you know that you know that you know that God is for you and not against you? Because you ought to be. And that should be something that you're saying out of your mouth throughout your day. That God, you are for me and not against me. And he's for you, not because of you, not because of anything you're, done, you're doing, not because how good you are or what you think how good you are. No, but because of him. Amen. Like Jesus, I'm not good. Apart from you, I'm wicked. I'm just a sinner. I'm in total rebellion towards you. But because of you, because of what you've done, I've been liberated from, the, from sin, from the dominion of sin. I've been liberated from the evil one. My eyes have been opened to see what's around me. And now I'm living differently. No matter what the pull is on my soul to draw me back, I can say no. <laughs> my God is for me. He's not against me. He's empowered me to do good. Are you talking this way? Are you encouraging yourself every single day? Because if not, you're going to get carried away. The Bible is very clear. We read scriptures last week. Don't get, don't get carried away. Don't draw back to the old. You must persevere. You must continue to go forward. And you will have times of discouragement. You will have times of failure. But you must remember that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. You must remember that God himself is within you. If you're truly a believer. Because remember, 
We are warned all throughout Scripture, especially the New Testament. We are warned of the condition of the church in the last days. We are warned of false teachers, of false Christians. We are warned they are going to be among you and they're going to be watering down the gospel. They're going to be living however they want and still trying to hold a form of religion. But those are the people that we are told not to have anything to do with. We're not told not to have anything to do with the lost. No, we are to be among them. Not of them, not like them. But we must live among them so they know that there is hope. But we must deal with the fact that those that are sitting in the church, I mean, in the book of Acts, Paul is looking at the leaders of this church, these pastors, these, these, these men who, who will be leading the church, and he says, among you are wolves. I go, Wow. Well, Paul, that's harsh, isn't it? No. Paul knew. He knows the way of the enemy. Remember, the enemy always comes to counterfeit. He, he cannot create anything fresh and new. He only can counterfeit what God has already done. And so just because someone calls himself a Christian doesn't make them a Christian. You will know them by their fruits. Not that they're perfect, but you would know them by their fruits. That they're no longer living for self. They're striving each and every single day to walk in accordance to the Holy Spirit and not gratify the desires of their flesh. They live lives of repentance. They don't go their way. They go the way of God. They're growing. They're maturing. Because remember, we're not perfected until we're in Christ. But listen, we are told that in the last days, people will get rid of teachers who are teaching sound doctrine, true doctrine. Because people are not going to want to hear it. They're only going to want to say, teach and preach what we like. What makes me feel good, what makes me out to be a good Christian. Tell me how I'm going to enjoy my best life now. Listen, there is no life that you're going to have on this temporal world that can compare to Jesus. Amen. Our message is Jesus. There's nothing else to preach but Jesus. There's a shaking taking place all throughout the earth. And as I keep encouraging in you, I believe there's going to be such an awakening to righteousness. Because I believe what the word says. Before all hell hits this earth, there's going to be one big movement of revival, of righteousness, all throughout the nations. Are we ready for that, you all? Where are you going to be found? With Christ or apart from Him? It's your choice. Because God is pleased to reveal Himself to us through his son Jesus. God is pleased to reveal himself to you. And everyone sitting in this room, he has revealed himself to you. You need to ask yourself, what have I done with that revelation of God? Through Jesus. Not through any other weird religion. 
not through any other weird religion or denomination that slaps Jesus on its name. No, but Jesus himself, God is pleased to reveal himself to you through his son Jesus. You see your need for a savior. It humbles you. The same message that Jesus preached, the same message that John the Baptist preached, the same message that the prophets preached, hasn't changed. Repent. Turn to God. Turn back to God. (laughs) Turn back to God. (laughs) Turn back to God. Repent. See yourself for who you are, a sinner, and in your need for God. You see, like I told you, you can't blame God. Though man can try, God is without fault. He is holy, you all. He is righteous, he is just, and he is loving. Remember when I keep telling y'all, you're not fighting... It sounds so crazy to fight for your rights to live how you want. It seems so crazy if you really think about it. And I keep telling you about what you're fighting and what you're pushing away from is love. Because God is love. And yet, that's the very thing we're all looking for is just to be loved, just to be accepted. And yet, love himself is calling us and we say no. And so then we look out here towards men, towards women, towards objects, towards this and towards that to fulfill us. And it's all temporal. It's here today and gone tomorrow. And yet we're settling for the temporalness while love himself is beckoning us to come. Like he is for you. He is not against you. He has so much for you. Because remember the Bible says he's prepared good works for us to do even before we were placed in our mother's womb. God has purposed you. God has planned you. God knows the plans that he has for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. To be about his business. If I went around the room, the majority of you sitting here are calling yourself Christians. But if I went around the room and I said, who did you share the gospel with this week? How is your life reproducing into others? The sad thing is, the majority of us would say, I didn't. I mean, I prayed, I I may have prayed for myself, I may have prayed for my family, I may have read a little scripture, I may have been good this week. But listen, you all, don't get deceived, don't get sidetracked. Your purpose as a Christian is to bear the image of Jesus and share the gospel. All of us have been commissioned, if you're calling yourself a Christian, to do that. To not live for yourself, but to live for Christ. I keep telling yourself, as I'm counseling, as I'm mentoring, and as as I'm sharing with people the gospel, it fascinates me, especially because they think that they're Christians or they've been Christians for so long. 
but the message of freedom is foreign to them. What does this mean? I've never heard it this way. And I said, oh, you probably heard it. (laughs) You just didn't believe it. You see, your belief in Christ is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you everything. You have to let go of your old ways. You have to have let go of your old life. It's a new life now. You're living for His kingdom. You're empowered by His Holy Spirit. You're in step with Him. You're listening. You're keeping an eye out. You're discerning the times. You're not yoking yourself to sin. You're not yoking yourself to false teaching. Like I told you, the devil shouldn't be teaching you the Bible. Oh, but he loves to teach it. (laughs) He loves to twist it and pervert it. And that's why I keep telling telling you all, you must know the truth. Because it's the truth that sets you free. It's the truth that keeps you liberated. It's the truth that compels you to tell others. To love others. Not to coddle them. I told you, we don't have time for coddling people anymore. It's getting darker. We must be bold in our witness. We must be bold in truth. We must stand against the forces of darkness. And we must declare God's truth. First for ourselves. And not just one time, but every day, you all. If I went around the room and I said, what were you tempted by this week? What challenged you this week? What thoughts were you hearing running through your very depths of your soul that contradict truth that God has spoken over you? Oh, we got to wake up. We got to wise up to what's leading us and to what's following, what we're following. The enemy is working overtime because he knows his time is near. God is the same as he was from the beginning and he'll remain the same till the end. (laughs) And God's plan and his purpose, remember, I keep telling you, and you can find it in the Bible, from from Genesis to Revelation, everyone should know this, what is God's plan? To have a people that he will call his own, and in return they will call him their God. It doesn't make sense to call Jesus your God and not follow him. What kind of craziness is that? No, when you see the fullness of who he is, you can't help but say, Father, here I am. I've come to do your will. And he strengthens you. He he empowers you to live. To live, you all. So I'm telling you, when I see our brothers and sisters and what they're enduring overseas, when I see our brothers and sisters here who are enduring such persecution, that their businesses are being attacked, shut down. When I see laws that are in our our nation's capital, not just state level, but national level, that will silence the gospel. I go, oh God, are we not seeing this? Are we not discerning the times? Where are the Christians at? Because we we are known as a Christian nation and there are thousands, if not millions of people going to church today in our nation. How on earth is our nation in the condition that it's in? 
We've talked about that last week. We've been lulled asleep. That satanic lullaby just being sung over us. And that is not the church. And that's why when I look overseas and I see these brothers and sisters being just slaughtered, and yet they get up. And yet they get up. And they still go. And they're still about the Father's business. No, you won't silence us. And I keep encouraging you. The enemy thinks that he can silence us. The enemy thinks I can kill ten, but God will raise up a thousand. And he's been doing that since the beginning, since the birth of the church. Remember I told you, in the natural sense, it wouldn't make sense to kill all Christians. In the natural sense. Why? Because they are decent people. They are moral people. They work hard. They don't cheat. They don't steal. They don't lie. They don't quarrel. They don't fight. They respect authority. They don't gossip. They don't backbite. That's how Christians are supposed to be living. Because they're empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Their whole disposition, everything about them has changed. And now they're humbled people. They're servants. And you would want people like that. To work for you, to live by you. You would want people like that. But the devil's working overtime. Watering down the gospel. Everyone's a Christian. Everyone's a Christian. They're living in chaos. Or (laughs) he's slaughtering them. Silence them. See, it's a spiritual war. And we must wake up to the spiritual reality of our new life in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, then your eyes have been blinded. And you're still enslaved to sin. You're enslaved to the evil one. Remember, we we, we read just a couple weeks ago when Jesus said to the Pharisees, when they were playing the game, who's your daddy? <laughs> and they were like, well, Abraham. Oh, God is. And Jesus says, no, Satan is. And you're going to die in your sins. These were people who thought they were right with God. But they weren't. There was no life of obedience. There was nothing within them that reflected the characteristics of God. But we, as the church... We should be reflecting the characteristics of our God because God himself is where? In us. We have the Holy Spirit. And Jesus himself promised him. And so on today, Pentecost Sunday, let's look at Scripture. Let's get excited about the understanding of the workings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Go to John chapter 14. Jesus' words. John 14, verses 15 through 31. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Jesus' words, you all. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. 
The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them, and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything you and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a, is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you. Because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world, look at this, will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. These are Jesus' words. We must listen, you all. This can't just be a good story. This can't just be, okay, I'm here today, but I'm going to go be about my business tomorrow. No, if you are a Christian, you must wake up to the reality of who Christ really is and who you are in him. And who is within you. That's why you can't be united. If you're saying you're a Christian, you can't be uniting Jesus with filth. You can't just keep going your way and just dragging him along with you. That's not a Christian life. No, you are to follow Jesus. You don't say, Jesus, follow me and make everything right for me. Oh, you say, I see my need for a Savior because I'm a sinner. Jesus, I will follow you to the end. I love you. Thank you for what you've done for me. Like no one can save like Jesus, you all. Amen. And he's given us the Holy Spirit. Look what he's promising here. And did you see, did you catch this? Verse 17, 
He is the Holy Spirit who what? Leads you into all truth. Listen, the world does not want truth. That's why the world isn't searching for the Holy Spirit. They're not, they're not, they don't want the revelation of what truth really is. They say they have truth. But the reality is, if it doesn't line up with truth, because truth is not a concept, truth is a person. His name is Jesus. But it's the Holy Spirit that leads us to life, you all. To truth, to hope. And that's what I keep encouraging y'all daily. You should be yielding yourself to Him. The Bible says to walk habitually, step by step with Him. And you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Those areas in your life that you're having problems with still, no matter what it is, rather it's just a bad mouth, rather it's ungodly desires, rather it's whatever gossiping, backbiting, whatever it is, the reason why they still have a hold on you is because you're not in step with the Spirit in that area of your life. And you ought to be. You just be real with the Lord. I don't want to make excuses for this in my life, God. I know it to be wrong, but in and of myself, I don't have the power to overcome it, but Lord, you are in me. So God, teach me. Teach me how to keep my mouth shut. Teach me not to just be so self-absorbed. Teach me to serve. Teach me not to try to make it all about me, but teach me to love others. Lord, I know thinking these thoughts and, and moving this direction and watching the stuff that is filth, that is sexually perverted, God is not pure. God, I long to be pure. Teach me. God, I'm broken. I'm a mess inside. I've been abused. Rather, it's sexually, physically, mentally, whatever. But that is my past. And I don't want my past to continue to define me every morning I wake up. So God, allow me to know healing. Allow me to know wholeness. That I may live for you. Like, see, are you talking this way? Or are you just coming to church? There's so much more to about the church than just showing up. You don't come to church. You are the church. Your life, you yourself, you are the temple of the living God. You must believe it and you must act upon that belief and that confession. I believe with every ounce of being within me that he rose from the dead. <laughs> And because of that, I'm free. Amen. Because of that, you're free. And your actions display your belief. So again, if there's areas in your life and there's areas in my life that aren't lining up, we don't run. We don't turn from God. We don't make it about us. Oh, look how bad. Oh, my. No, no. We make it about him. God, you conquered it. I can be free in this area. Show me. Walk, walk it out in me, Lord. I yield myself to you. I challenge you this week, whatever your vice is, whatever that sin is, whatever it is, repent of it and ask for help. I remember years ago, 
Listen, I used to be so quick to cut you down. <laughs> so quick with my mouth. I didn't have to think about it. It just came, boom, boom. I could cut you up in pieces and slaughter you on the ground. And you would just feel horrible about yourself. And I remember years ago, the Holy Spirit grabbing hold of my tongue. That's not how you talk anymore. And boy, everything within me wanted to fight it. Have you ever tried to apply truth to your life? And you don't have to worry about others fighting you against it. Feel it within yourself. I mean, we all need to be real. Have you never felt that? Like, I know what I ought to do. (laughs) And I know this will be the right decision. But everything within you is fighting it. That's the flesh. And you go, my God, this is true. But then you push back and say, well, no, wait a minute. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Flesh, you're not going to win. Like we have to start applying what we know to be true and who to be true. Like his power is greater. The areas of my life that I think that it's not are the areas that I am captive by. And I don't want to live a captive life. And I don't want you all living a captive life. We are to be free people. We're to be free people, you all. This is what Jesus promises. His promise. That we will have the Holy Spirit. God himself in us. Empowering us to live what's true. Go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. The disciples, they're they're gathered together. Jesus has ascended already into heaven. They're waiting. Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes down. And then the church is birthed, you all. The community of believers are formed. Listen to this. On the day of Pentecost, which is the day that we're celebrating, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Could you imagine? I ask you all all the time when you come, are you prayed up? Are you coming, did you come today expecting God to be among us? Because he's within us. For God to move among us, to encourage us, to edify us, to build us up, to go out to be the church. To come alongside each other. Not to backbite, not to fight, not to gossip, not to tear down, not to blah all over people. But to come and say, no, I'm here with my brothers and my sisters. And God is going is within us, and God is among us. God move, move afresh and anew, move in power. Are we coming expecting of our God? Because He is a big God, you all. He is all powerful. These brothers and sisters they came together with unity. They were seeking God. And I want us to come together every time we're together, the times that you can get here and be unified. 
And saying, God, we're seeking you because there's work to be done within our neighborhoods, within our families, within our communities, within our nations, and within this earth. Amen. God, use us. Use us. Use us from such backgrounds, all diverse backgrounds. God, use us. Send us. These people were gathering. And all of a sudden, from heaven, this noise, like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability at that time, there were, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were, all, they were bewildered to hear their own language being spoken by believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. And then they list all these areas everyone was from. And then verse 12, they, they, I'm sorry, they stood there amazed and were perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. That's all. Do you see how people are? Listen, don't miss this. The Holy Spirit, God himself, is feeling his people. And all of a sudden, they have the ability to speak a language they don't even know. And we're not talking about the heavenly gift of tongues. <laughs> no, we're talking about language, actual languages that these people who were there that were present from these other areas, all of a sudden, they're hearing the gospel, the good news, and their native language. And they're going, what is all of this? These are people from Galilee. How are they speaking this language. And look how the devil shows up. Look what the devil. The others in the crowd began to ridicule. The devil always ridicules the church. The devil is always in opposition of truth. And that's what I'm telling you. If you're not getting it, you better get it. <laughs> Every day you wake up. As you're going throughout the day. Darkness should tremble because Christ in you. You shouldn't be trembling because darkness is screaming at you or tempting you or trying you. No, we got to start exerting our God, revealing him. Look, ah, they're crazy. In fact, no, they're all just drunk. And then Peter. Remember Peter? He was the one who denied Christ when he was arrested three times. But then as you further read through the gospel, you see when he was restored to Christ. Remember what Jesus said to Peter? Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Well, then go. Go feed my sheep. Go 
be about my business. And look, Peter is now filled with the Holy Spirit. He's not afraid any longer of what man is thinking or saying. There's a boldness that comes upon Peter because Jesus, God himself, the Holy Spirit is within him. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, the prophet declared, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the, that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen. And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross and killed him. But God released him, look at this, from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead and allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you fill me with joy of your presence. That's King David, you all. Dear brothers and sisters, Think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit upon his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of the highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, has, he, as he has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So that everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Now, before we continue, 
do you hear the response? There's an awakening taking place in these unbelievers. All of a sudden, there's an awakening. And they're saying, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm beginning to see. What do I need to do? Have you asked that question, you all, for yourself? When you hear the gospel preached, when you hear about Jesus, there's an awakening that takes place in every individual. But God is not going to force you to believe. God is not going to force you to obey. He will awaken you. And now it's up to you. These people are responding, what must we do? Where I was. Peter replied, each of you must look what Peter says so that you're not confused when you hear the weird teachings that are going on today where pastors aren't calling you to repentance. Pastors aren't talking about hell. Pastors aren't talking about sin. (laughs) The first message, it hasn't changed. Like the prophets, like John the Baptist, like Jesus, now Peter. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, just go about your way, live however you want, and just believe that Jesus loves you. Do you see how crazy that is? But that's what's being preached today. I always tell you all, people know that God loves them, and God does love all. But his love doesn't save. If it was just love itself, then Jesus wouldn't have come. Remember, it is because of his love that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can have the knowledge that God loves you all day long and you will die and go to hell. That's what I said. It's the most craziest thing. There are going to be people in hell with Jesus on their lips. But he was never in their heart. And we're playing church. We're playing kumbaya with people. We're living la vida loca out there with everyone. Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And you're going right along with them. No, that's not how a Christian lives. A Christian is one who has repented and has turned to God. Do we get this? Listen to what Peter is saying here. These people are genuinely asking, what must we do? He didn't hold back. He didn't give them a little comfortable sermon. No, he said, repent, turn from God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, get ready, your children, and to those who... Far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves, look at this, from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, 3,000 in all. And one day, 
3,000 people, their eyes were open. <laughs> they repented and believed in Jesus. And I say, yes, Lord, that's awesome. That's great. And it really is. But when I was praying through this and I was thinking through this, my heart was gripped. Because it didn't say everyone. It said only 3,000. There were people there that day that witnessed all of this. They witnessed the move of the Holy Spirit. They witnessed the power of God through the testifying and the preaching. And they walked away. Mm. Apart from God. I go, oh Lord. Oh God. You know, thank God for the 3,000. But oh God. And it's not God's fault that they walked away. It's their own. <coughs> ah, that's, that's foolishness. Ah, he's not God. They have all the excuses to blame God, to strip God down, to do what they just wanted their life. And what life is there to want? What life on this temporal earth is greater than eternal life, love from Almighty God? What on earth? Oh, but we've all lived it. I remember the years. 20 some odd years that I lived apart from Christ. Everything in this earth I just wanted. I lived ever I want. Ha ha ha, you're the fool for loving Jesus. Look at me. I'm free to do whatever I want. And all along, I was killing myself. All along, somehow I thought I had it together. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to live however I want. Joke was on me. And thank God I didn't die in the midst of it. Thank God His love continues to pursue us. Do you understand that God is pursuing you? He is relentless. He is constantly coming after you. But He's not going to force you to love Him. He is not going to force you for you to turn away from your life. No, that has to be your choice. Remember when I told you what the Bible says, no greater love than this displayed than one life lay down for another. And Jesus did that for us first. And that's what he calls us to. So that people remember you how you were. Oh, they know your nastiness. They know how this and that about you. And then all of a sudden you show up on the scene and they're like, hey, hey, come on, come on, let's go. And you're like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not that way anymore. I don't go that way anymore. No, I'm sorry. I, I don't talk that way anymore. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm not going to abuse you anymore. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> and they go, oh, what do you mean? Oh, because I've given my life to Jesus. And even before you announced it, they already knew something was different about you. It would be weird to keep telling people, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus, and yet there's nothing different about you. You still look the same, man. You're still the same woman. You're still the same young girl. What does that mean? 
I remember when I was lost, before I was a Christian, people would come up to me like, oh, you need a Jesus, you need to come to church, blah, 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 blah. And I tell you all, these are the same people I was seeing in the club the next night. What the heck? Are they the same ones doing drugs with me? Are they the same ones sleeping with me? Are they the same ones acting just like me, but yet you're going to turn and tell me I need Jesus? Ah, keep him to yourself. But I remember the ones, though, that were Christians. That would tell me. And I would get angry at them. I don't want to hear that. Get away from me. Ah, look at you. You really believe in that stuff? Let me tell you what, what, what the, 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 the nature says and all this weird stuff that I was in. The crystals and all this stuff. Let me tell you how I went into a trance and I was out for 45 minutes and I came back and I saw everything about your life. I was a practicing psychic. I was told I needed to go to Tibet. I was told I needed to travel the earth to gain more power. I don't need your Jesus. I've got my spirit animals leading me. Oh, come on. That's foolishness. But when I was in it, I believed it. And nothing anyone said changed my mind. It wasn't until Jesus himself opened up my eyes. And it's not until Jesus himself opens up your eyes. As these people's eyes were being opened. And they said, what must I do? What must I do? Because you know good and well, right then I'm, I'm living wrong. Like, oh God. <laughs> Pills were going to my mouth, and Jesus behind me says, Today you're live. I wasn't looking for Jesus. Oh, oh, you're real. You're real. That was my first move. I keep telling you all. Like, oh, God. That love and that power and that hope and everything about it. And it took a while before I completely surrendered. But I promise you all, if he's calling you today and your eyes are opening, don't take a while. Like, respond. God, what must I do? And then allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and trust Him, you all. Don't let anything temporal hold you bound. Trust me, I know I fought with God. Oh God, you're asking me to leave everything. You're asking me to leave the one that loves me. You're asking me to go and identify with something I don't even know about. Oh God, please don't ask this of me. God says, get up. I've got you. But God, let me do this. Let me move money around. Let me do this. Oh God, I don't know. Get up. I know it's not easy. In and of our flesh, it's not. But it is in Him. Because when you finally get up, all that junk falls off. And you're free. 
And you say, God, you've begun to send me. That's what the word says. You're faithful to complete it. It's not relying, it's not on me to live right. And don't we make it about us living right? Oh, look, I failed. Oh, oh, what are they going to say? What's he going to say? And then we start drawing back. Ah, get over yourself. Stop making it about you. It's not about you. It's about him. It's what he has done. You have to believe. Like, God, I believe you set me free. I believe that no weapon forged against me is going to prosper. Oh, they're going to be forged against me, but they're not going to prosper. 3,000 people were saved. But many others walked away. And then look what happens. Verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And they worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, look at this, (laughs) praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. And if you've been around, that's what I've been asking you all to pray for. That God would add to our numbers to those who are being saved. That we collectively will come together as a family. Not of our flesh, but through Christ come together as a family. Look, it didn't say they came bickering, fighting, jealousy, quarreling with each other. (laughs) They didn't say they held stuff back. That's not how the church was described, and yet that's what we see in churches. That's not how the church is to live. The church is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. They're not just to be a a building on the side of the street or a home in a neighborhood. No, it's a collective group of people who have been saved. Set free. It's a whole new way of thinking. I'm not out for me. I'm out for you. How can I serve you? We're to be the best employees, the best students, the best employers. (laughs) We're to give. We're to respect authority. We're to have order in our hearts and in our home. We're to reflect the image of Christ to a dying generation. Giving them hope that it's not because of them, but it's because of Him through them. And we're to consider it joy when we're persecuted. When I think about our persecuted brothers and sisters... They don't pray to be released. They pray for strength to endure. And we go through our little challenges in life. We're like, oh, God, where are you? No, we just say, oh, God, help us endure this. Because if you brought it to me, (laughs) there's something I must need to learn in the midst of it. So God, see me through it. Do you talk this way to your God? 
Or are we just complaining and murmuring and fault-finding our poor lives, our poor, pathetic, ruined, downtrodden lives? Who lives like that and claims Jesus? Not the church. Religious folks live that way. But we are the church, and we ought to come together as the church because we are the church. And we're to be out there in the midst of our communities living out who we are in hopes that the door is open for us to share the good news. Discern you all. Each of us have the gift of discernment. We can discern. You know when you walk into places and you go, oh, and and you discern, you sense something. Is it right? Do you pray? You, You ever walked up to someone and you could just like, oh, they're having a bad day. Did you ever just ask them, like, hey, can I pray for you? I mean, we have the gifts. The Bible says he disperses the gifts among the church. The Holy Spirit does. See, we're all gifted in a way. And these gifts aren't for our glory. These gifts are for his kingdom. To advance this kingdom. This coming kingdom. Like, he's coming, you all. And when you stand before him, like I keep telling you, as the Bible says, you're either going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter in, or he's going to say, I don't know you. And you're going to say, oh, but I went to church. Oh, I tried to be good. Oh, didn't I do this in your name? And didn't I do this? And he's going to say, I don't know you. You worker of sin, depart from me. If you're a Christian here today and you're not utilizing your gifts, God have mercy on you. You should know your gifts and you should be walking in the fullness of them and you should be allowing the Holy Spirit to empower you to use them. Because again, they're not for your purpose, they're for His kingdom. Are you kingdom minded? Like every single day you get up and you're living through, through the day. You ought to be. If not, then I don't know what you're doing. I I don't. Like, you ought to be kingdom-minded. Like, today, Lord, you can return. I gotta be about my father's business. God, let me see those who are hurting. God, bring me along the path of those who need deliverance. And I've seen God raise up these young people and old people too. But there's something about the youth. There's something about these gangbangers who've been raised up. You know, there's something about these drug addicts who've been raised up. There's something about, you know, these people who are from all these different lifestyles raised up. This one guy I watch, he's a young guy, and God's using him mightily, and he was he was on the process of going through a surgery and because he thought he was transgender, and God set him free. And these ex-gangbangers, these ex-homosexuals, transgender, drug addicts, you know, thieves, robbers, you know, gossipers, backbiters, adulterers, fornicators, all these people, God is moving and raising them up. And they're sharing. And I go, God, thank you. 
Like they're trusting. They didn't do this within themselves. And you sitting here today, if you're calling yourself a Christian, you didn't do this in and of yourself. So why then are you just existing in church? You're missing out. You're missing out on the greatest life ever. You're missing out. This young guy got a hold of me last night thanking me for posting something that he posted. And I was so encouraged to be able to get back to him and just encourage him. I don't know him, but I sense that he's a brother. I'm like, man. And we got to pray for people. You should be on the front lines every single day sharing the good news. Impacting this temporal life, this temporal kingdom with the eternal kingdom. You got up today. Darkness should tremble. Darkness should tremble, you all. But trust me, in its trembling, it's going to do everything it can to silence you. Every form of temptation, everything that you can possibly think, people laughing, people mocking, people wanting to tear you down, people wanting to remind you of your past, Oh, but stand upright and look at them directly and say in agreement. Like I said, the only time you want to agree with the devil is with what was behind you. Oh, you are right. <laughs> I used to be. Oh, but there's your, there's, your, there's your opportunity now to share the gospel. But Christ in me has set me free. Say all you want about my past, but let me tell you about my future. Like, see, we got to wake up. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. The book before Ephesians, and it's the book after 2 Corinthians. Galatians chapter 3, one verse, verse 3. Chapter 3, verse 3. And if you want a verse to remember this week, please let it be this one verse. How foolish can you be? Galatians 3, verse 3. My little note for myself when I wrote out this verse. Are you trying to accomplish what God has planned in your own flesh? How foolish especially if you are a believer that has received the Holy Spirit. Paul is writing to this church in Galatia. They're getting tripped up, living however they want to live. The, 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 the wolves have entered in and they're trying to water down the gospel, making them go back to the law, promoting all of this weird stuff to Christians. I'm telling y'all, we cannot deal with just a little sin. It will tear things apart. False teaching. You can't just go, oh, that's cute. Oh, well, they don't know better. No, you've got to realize how ravenous these wolves are. And I was listening to something yesterday, and this guy was, I named it David Platt. I don't know who I was listening to yesterday. But he was talking about the wolves. These, oh, no, I know who it was. It was the other guy. Um... He was talking about wolves, and that sometimes we make wolves so these cute little animals. But have you ever watched them attack? 
And he was talking about this video that he watched how these wolves, they, wanted, they, they scouted out these water buffaloes. <laughs> they looked for the weak ones to go after first. And if there's no weak ones among them, then they begin to irritate the strong one. And maybe the strongest one in the, in the pack or whatever they call the things of a bunch of water buffaloes. <laughs> and they begin to irritate them. And then this water buffalo, who is huge, begins to run. <laughs> Just to try to get away from the wolves. And the wolves are constantly irritating them. And they run these huge beasts into their weakened. <laughs> and they collapse. And then they jump on them and shred them. Do we understand this is what wolves do? <laughs> They're infiltrating the church. Oh, they look like sheep. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm a Christian. Oh, I had a good week. Bless God. How y'all doing? Praise God. But all along, inside... <laughs> The ravenous beings looking for the weak ones. And if they can't get a weak one, they'll look for a strong one to run them ragged, to wear them down. You better know who your enemy is <laughs> so that you can stand, you all. Listen to this verse. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Why, after believing? Remember, your eyes are open. What must I do now? Repent. Turn to God. Believe in your heart that He is the Son of God. Confess with your mouth that He rose from the dead and you will be saved. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. Did any of that that I just said that we read that, that Peter said make it about you? Did anyone hear you? No. So now that you're a Christian, why are you trying to work so hard to be perfect? I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta, I gotta read, I gotta go to church. And you're making it all about you, you're gonna exhaust yourself. No, you shouldn't. Your, your terminology and your thoughts should be, oh, I have to go to church. Oh, I have to read my Bible. Oh, I have to not talk bad. Oh, I have to not give into that. No, no, no. Do what you want if that's what you want to do. It's not that you have to. Because when it becomes, I have to, it's not love. It's not love. Like, I can give a list of chores to Gilda. And she better do them. <laughs> if she loves me, she'll do them. And could you imagine if I manipulated her that way? Well, you didn't do them so you don't love me. Get away from me. All of a sudden, pull away from her. No, it wasn't done right. How horrible would that be? How horrible is that? Now, when you know... Him? No, it's not I have to. No, I just long to. I just desire to. I just long to serve you, Lord. I just long to serve you. 
Not because I have to. Love you, Antoinette. I don't have to. I just, I just do. I just want to serve you. Because that's what Jesus does. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, we cannot make it about rules and laws. And then you say, well, then I can live however I want. No, because then you're not even understanding anything. I don't need to stand up here and tell you, hey, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, and don't do that. And look, now you're a Christian. How horrible would that be? No, just see Jesus. See what he did for you. And in your life of surrendering to him, you don't have to worry about the have-tos because now they just become who you are. Like, I'm not going to go run amok because I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. I'm not going to just go live for myself and keep doing what I want to do. No, why? Because Christ is in me. And I am in Christ. And there's a level of freedom that comes from this understanding, you all. Do we get it? How foolish are you to have begun in the Spirit, this new life, and now step out on your own and say, I got this. I'll be a good little Christian. Go to church. I read my Bible. I won't think this way. I won't think that way. I'll, I'll say the right things. I'll, I'll do. I'll do. I'll, I'll serve in the right ministry. I'll just go with this and that and this. And you're exhausted. Do you know how many people live that way? And how sad. How sad. Go to Galatians chapter five, verse sixteen through twenty-six. Is where. I've got one more scripture after that. But Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 26. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Living by the Spirit's power. Chapter 5, verse 16. So I say that the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Who's guiding your life? That's right, not Rob. Not another pastor, not another Christian. Not you, but the Holy Spirit. Then, look at this, you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite, look at this, of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, get ready, you all, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, 
and other sins like these. And before we move on, he's not talking to the lost. <laughs> he's talking to the church. This is a letter being read to a church. So he's making it clear, this is the works of the flesh. They are contrary to the works of the Spirit. He sin says, after he lists them all, then he adds on in other sins, so just don't think this is just a group, <laughs> living any way that is self-driven, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. No matter what pastor, no matter what Christian, no matter how you're trying to sell yourself a watered-down gospel, anyone living this way will not inherit the kingdom of God. And we just need to take a breath there. Oh God. That doesn't mean you're not going to fall. But when you fall, you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and you get up. And you go, oh God, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't belong there. If I wounded you, I say first to God, I'm sorry. And then I say, you, Michelle, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I even did that in front of you. That is not who I need. I'm not representing myself any longer. I'm sorry. I'm quick. You're quick. But oh, if it becomes a lifestyle, oh, this is just me, this is me, I'm living, this is how I'm living, I'm just nasty every day of my life, I'm just searching for myself, me, myself, and I, it don't matter how many times you come to church, you're not inheriting his kingdom. Remember the people that are going to stand before him and say, well, didn't I do this and didn't I do that? And he says, depart from me, I don't know you. There's a lot of people sitting in a lot of churches who think they're on the way to heaven. But if God lets them in, he has to let Satan in. <laughs> because Satan's their daddy. <laughs> because they're living for self. And we better remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees, you're going to die in your sins. So I know a gospel likes to be preached out there that strips God of his power and hit the church of her power. Oh look, that's just how you are. That's just who you are. Oh God loves you. God, God's not going to judge you. You're fine to live however you want. Oh, we better use the discernment. Oh, wait a minute, that's, that, that's not the word of Scripture. And yet that's what's being peddled out there at an alarming rate. So that when people hear the true gospel, they're attacking those who are declaring the true gospel. And remember, Jesus even says, hey, guess what? They're going to kill you because of me. And by them killing you, they're going to think they're doing something good. Are we getting this? Do we hear this? No. Listen to all of that that was just there. You living this way. You're not inheriting the kingdom of God. And he said, but where's the good news? The next verse. Uh, but the Holy Spirit produces. Who produces? The Holy Spirit. Not Rob. <coughs> not another pastor. Not another counselor. Not another Christian friend. <laughs> Who produces it? And not you. 
the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Are we ready for this? Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. Did you hear that? This is what the Spirit of God works within us. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So you all do not be deceived. This is what's being worked in you. This is what should be starting to show in your life. This is what the Holy Spirit brings forth. Not at the end when you're in heaven, but right now. (laughs) Right now, this is how your life is being transformed. And this is what's going to irritate others. This is so crazy. This is what Christians are being killed for. Because the enemy wants to silence the church. I told you all. Why does he want to silence the church? It's because if you take the church out, there's no hope. There's no hope. What hope? If you're calling yourself a Christian, what hope are you giving people if you're living just a nasty life? A life filled with anger, a life filled with self, a life filled with perversion, a life filled with just drunkenness, a life filled with just craziness. What hope are you giving to people? But as the church, she has to know her identity. She is in Christ. And he is victorious. And so we can get up each day, work within me, Lord, and produce love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. I'm going to share with you what I learned years ago, and and I've kept this lesson throughout my life. Like, no matter where you're at in your life today, no matter what you're facing, no matter what circumstances are around you, they're not there to overtake you. They're there to produce something within you. And guess what they're producing? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And maybe it's working all of them out, but maybe he's just trying to focus on your (laughs) self-control. Maybe it's just learning to be patient. Stop being so easily irritated. Learn. And who produces it in you? The Holy Spirit. Not yourself. Not not ten steps to (laughs) self-control. The Holy Spirit. Are you willing to allow Him to have complete control of your life? This isn't some weird game or some weird religion or some weird woohoo. No, this is life changing power. And then He goes on here, verse 24. Those who belong to Jesus Christ 
have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. We've read this verse before. Here's another verse to put back in front of you throughout your days. Listen, you've got to be growing. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to what? To His cross and crucified them there. When that old man wants to creep up, when that old woman wants to creep up, when that flesh starts wanting to kick up and kick up dust, you remind it and you remind him, you remind her, oh no, I've nailed you to his cross. I'm not led by you any longer. Oh, I see you for who you are. (laughs) I see what you want to kick up around me, but let me tell you, (laughs) my God is victorious. And sometimes y'all just need to open up your mouth and declare it instead of being overtaken by the very thing that's already defeated. You've got to see that the enemy in your flesh, they're defeated. They have no power. They only have what you give it. But you have all the power you need because God himself is in you. And he's producing things for you to bring about his purpose and his plan. Listen, I'm ending in Ephesians chapter 3. The next book, Ephesians chapter 3, is where we're ending today. Verse 14 through 21. But before I read this, I want to encourage you all. You've got to get, if you're calling yourself a Christian, if you're not, then you can still be here, that's fine. But I'm not sure why you're not a Christian. You didn't bring yourself here. God has you here for a reason. Remember I told you God is relentless. He's going to continue to reveal himself to you so that when you do stand before him, he's without fault. I've done all I could to make myself known. You refused me. I've done all I needed to do to make myself known to mankind. And yet, a multitude of people are refusing him. Remember, the road is narrow for those who follow Christ. Not everybody is a follower of Christ, nor will they be. Remember in Revelation when I told you, at the end, when all hell is hitting this earth, God's wrath is hitting it left and right, fire's coming down, things are just being torn apart. There are still going to be people on this earth that's going to raise their fists and hands to God and say, you're not God! And I go, oh, dear Jesus. So that's what I'm trying to share with you all. Not everyone's going to heaven. Not everyone is going to enter into his kingdom. Only those who are saved. Remember, you are purposed for today. And that's why I get excited about the church in this hour. Because, boy, she has a lot to stand up against. And it's only going to get more difficult for us. But we have him in us, and it can be accomplished. 
Like, we're like that, we're like that last team coming in. <laughs> we're like that last group of, of soldiers coming up. Because <laughs> his return is near. <laughs> and you were purposed for today, you all. You were purposed for this generation and the generation to come. It's getting darker, but he knew. Faith, I've got a plan for you. Romanita, I've got a plan for you. Christine, I've got a plan for you. Anthony, I've got a plan for you. Gilda, I've got a plan for you. Antoinette, I've got a plan for you. Carrie, I've got a plan for you. Michelle, I've got a plan for you. Rob, I've got a plan for you. I purposed you for now. That's God, you all. You're not an accident. In hell, since all of us, I know the majority of our backgrounds <laughs> has been out to destroy us. And a lot of times we've allowed it to. We've given in to the flesh. But listen, y'all, we've got to wake up. You're not called to be enslaved to sin any longer. There's work to be done. There's a dying world out there. And darkness is rising. But make it tremble by Christ in you. Go out there. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's no one to be afraid of. The Bible says they may destroy your body. But don't be afraid of that. Fear the one, God, who can destroy not only your body, but send you to hell. That's what scripture says. So don't be afraid of darkness. Don't be afraid of mankind. No, no, no. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit, God in you. So do your work, Lord. Here I am. Everything you've purposed when you thought of me, let it be so. Ephesians 3 is where I'm closing verse 14 through 21. Paul's prayer for the church, for spiritual growth. It's a great portion of scripture to take away for yourself and to pray over yourself and to pray over us. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on, on earth. I pray from that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, listen to this, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. 
Amen. Pentecost Sunday. A reminder of the Holy Spirit. The triune God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. One, but three. God Himself in us. By our confession and our belief in Jesus. So don't get up today weakened by the flesh. Don't you dare get up today and walk out of here and go back to who you were before you walked in here. You've got to get up and you've got to start reconciling yourself that you are a believer in Christ. If you're calling yourself a Christian, but if you've never accepted Christ and your eyes are being opened and you have this inclination within you to say, what then should I do now? Then let today be the day you get that answer. And get saved. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. Be filled with His Spirit and live out your destiny and what Christ Jesus has purposed you for. I'm going to close this with this last song and then I'll close this in prayer. Yes.
Please just stay.